This is Mary and a very unwell Didi. And this week, what we are doing is a mental health episode. So we're talking mental health of teachers and students because I think both are very important, both are relevant. Um, it's a large part of our job to look after students, but we also need to remember to look after ourselves. Absolutely. We were just discussing about if your mental health gets um, like unwell, I guess, and quite often your physical health will follow behind it which is probably why I sound quite it's not COVID just to allay your just fears I just just sound I don't, I don't know what do I sound like like hello um, what are you wearing yeah <laughs> like if a husky could talk <laughs> that's me that's something like that like. I would say it's quite attractive <laughs> so um, to start off with we're going to talk about teachers mental health then we're going to talk about student mental health and then we're going to also talk about some of the resources that you can access online um, to help with both of those things so first of all I started okay I'm a massive nerd so Shocking. I started I know what a shocker I went to school to become a teacher to then go back into schools yeah and now I'm studying again wow I mean you are also shocker. influenced by this research research project that you teach so oh, yeah. you're like let me reference oh Oh yeah, like I literally referenced the notes, so hashtag super. I enjoyed it a lot. I laughed when I opened your email. I was like, wow, I have problems. Um, maybe I need this episode more than I know. Uh, so um, I started off by doing a little bit of research in terms of mental health for teachers and for students to get some statistics because I feel like you know statistics are something tangible again research project is you really just playing on me <laughs> um well you can't argue with statistics no, you really, can't. can you no. i mean people try to be fair yeah oh yeah um so uh what i found really really interesting was that it's estimated that somewhere between 30 and 50 percent of teachers leave the profession within the first five years i think we talked about it in a previous episode but yeah. i think it might even be and it would be like an outlier statistic hey i did statistics at uni hey. you dare? <laughs> like outlier statistics because in the last few years of covid i think that number actually and that's the thing it has actually increased um so when i was looking into the research um it's increased so much since covid um so teachers are leaving the profession in really really big numbers particularly because of covid um and it's uh 84% 84% of Australian teachers have thought about leaving the profession in the last year. And that's a statistic from 2021. So that wow. just tells you just the impact that COVID is having on like the stress levels, mental health, physical health, and just all of those elements combined. Um, in terms of the figures from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, apparently 53% of people who hold a teaching degree do not actually work in education. So that is also like a staggering figure because you know it's one thing like it takes you know four years to get your degree and then getting a degree only to not actually work in that field yeah really shows you what that field is like it's really interesting that statistic as well because there's a subreddit that's called australian teachers which i follow at the moment i was just really interested after we started this podcast i was like i wonder kind of i was like you know i do this for episodes and stuff so i might have a look like what are the big problems facing people and i swear like one in five of the posts is like i just literally opened it while you were talking it's like anyone mentally and emotionally tired um talking about wanting to leave the profession um what does teaching look like during covid now can you quit a year contract during the holidays on the person i was like oh that's like 
you know, pretty intense if you get a contract with that person who's like, I'm just exhausted, like I'm not being supported, I don't know what to do, like I'm miserable, COVID's making my life miserable, everything's really stressful, so um, like it's out there, it was in the newspaper again the other day, yeah. and the, the comments I think they posted as well, like um, I think it's the advertiser maybe or just Adelaide or something, they, they posted it on Facebook, mm-hmm. and the thing that really blew my mind was that the comments underneath the post were just like oh teachers just want more time off um you know they get paid so much to do like what do they do they're just babysitting our kids and I kind of thought maybe that attitude had moved on during COVID but yeah. clearly that only lasted <laughs> grace period yeah lasted for and a that's while, and that's the thing is um I've been noticing that, you know, talking to colleagues, there has been just this extra layer of stress, particularly this year, with things starting off kind of a bit, you know, um, turbulently, I guess. Or no one knew what was happening to Yeah, and so, you know, having half the year levels back and half not, and, you know, it just, it does, it does take its toll. And I feel like we use so much energy, like mental and physical, um, in terms of in the classroom you know looking looking out for students making sure they're okay teaching the content doing all of these things and constantly putting out spot fires that you know at the end of the day your cup is empty it's really interesting looking around the staff room at the end of the day where like i think um you know i get to work quite early like you know half an hour more than half an hour before you're supposed to be there Mm. and at the end of the day it used to be like you would look around and people were still there till 4 30 5 o'clock and people are just so exhausted mm. they are out as soon as that you know yeah. people are like oh cool <laughs> if you've ever been to a school at pickup time you cannot as a teacher get out no. like at 3 15 but you know if you've got a staff meeting and, and stuff like that people are just out straight away like yeah. and and it's not that we're not doing extra work because you'll just be going home and doing more work but people just don't want to be in that atmosphere because it's just it's just really really draining at the moment yeah um, so that that kind of leads in nicely to our point in terms of like what are the sources of stress? Um, there are lots of there are lots of factors. Um, I've just dot pointed some of the key ones that I think are quite I significant. Like some of the things we're about to talk about, we could do an entire episode. Oh yeah, you well. definitely could. But I think more than anything, it's just important to actually acknowledge what what is a, a stressor for a teacher because again these yeah. comments of like what you just babysit what you just do this yeah. oh but you get so many holidays it's like that's no, not helpful don't. you don't under, no. you actually don't understand the profession clearly um so i think for me one of the key sources of stress is workload and working hours yeah. so the planning the teaching the behavior management the marking the meetings the yard duties the extracurriculars all of that stuff takes time admin is like the number admin one takes thing. up so I spent, you know, and it depends what it is. If it's behavior admin and you're, when I say just a teacher, quotation marks, like you're not in leadership or anything, you can maybe handle that behavior off. But a lot of time you're, you know, you have to follow it up and say, have a meeting with the kid, make contact home with the parent. Maybe the parent doesn't want to answer you. Maybe the parent's not supportive. Or, you know, if it's an academic thing, you have to, you know, I don't know what your school is like, but, you know, we have to send notes home. Yep. Like this hasn't been submitted and yep. then it hasn't been submitted. So then you have to go, okay, well, now I have to send a thing home saying this is the grade that they got or yep. I'm really concerned that they're failing. And you do that for a draft and a good copy. And it's like, you know, if you have a checkpoint halfway through. Yeah. And so if you've got, say, four or five kids in your class who are not, 
keeping up with the work and you have to send those things home and make contact and record that on the program for other teachers to see um maybe you have to have a meeting with that like the admin is just what feels like yeah it took me half an hour to do that for two students yes in my year long classes and like that's because i had to like you said send the emails home send the emails to the student then enroll the student into like study support yeah and then also send messages to the year level leaders and I then had to document all of that. And those extracurriculars as well aren't necessarily just like a sport, depending on what school you you teach at, you are required slash expected to be involved in that school sporting program. And that includes running training sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know where I did a teaching prac, even as a teaching prac teacher, I was expected to, all right, well, what sport are you going to be involved in? I was really shocked and I had to go to the training sessions I did two a week and I had to give up my Saturday as a t- like placement teacher to come up and watch my team do that so you know um that's taking away your time on the weekend as well as included but also this extracurriculars could be running holiday programs for your students to come in to get more support or like we have an after school study program for kids to stay behind which is a great don't get me wrong it's a great idea and it's voluntary but it's also that idea of well if i don't volunteer and a kid in my class is not doing well will it be or what extra support are you doing so while it's voluntary sometimes you feel like well is it really voluntary especially if you're maybe a senior school teacher who teaches a a subject that is like oh you have like students have to pass for safe yeah like how voluntary is this yeah voluntary work sometimes oh yeah um another source of stress can be poor student behavior including lack of motivation and effort disrespect violence and challenging authority like that is just draining yeah it's and i find actually like the lack of motivation and effort and kind of that disrespect almost more oh, yeah. training than Apathy just like outright me. yeah more than like outright there's a fine the yard but that yeah usually isn't much you split it up okay let's do so yeah that was yeah. some admin work but that lack of motivation a kid who is head down on the desk not doing anything or how do you get them motivated and always comes back to us doesn't yeah. it really like well, how are you going to get them involved what are you going to do about and again because like, we teach a subject that has to yeah. be you have to pass you have to pass it yeah you know what i mean so you need to get your literacy credits it's it's it's, stressful it's really difficult i like this year i have a particularly challenging class yeah and i have spent what feels like hours stressing over specific students stressing over specific tasks rewriting tasks and trying to be more engaging and then you go on with this like oh this is going to work and it doesn't and you just like i've spent yeah ages thinking about it yeah like it's Um, And then dealing with the management of bullying and student issues. So often they will, like, depending on what you're like as a teacher, but often they'll talk about home life, mental health, friendship stuff. All of that stuff is, is like, it's taking mental load. Like, you you are then, because you you worry about them. It's hard to hear about it, too. Like, it emotionally drains you. Like, if a kid tells you something that's happening at home, like, you're a human being. You hear that, you have to be professional. But I've walked away from conversations, like, blinking back tears because I feel so desperately sorry for that kid. And, you know, there's only so much you can do in your professional kind of position to help them. Yeah. Direction, get them into the counselor. Yeah, like I've spent two hours on the phone with the manager, like having to do a mandatory yeah. report yeah. and you know, waiting to get through. And like, yeah, because if it's like an emergency one, you have to stay on the phone, they're yeah. the ones you can do online. Yeah, so and yeah. it's it's hard, it's really, really hard. And then also, you don't find out what happens about it either, so you'd yeah. be desperately worried about that kid, but you yeah. don't know if anything will get done because of that mandatory notification. You don't know, 
so you just keep watching. Form, yeah. You just keep and watching the signs. Nothing. What can you, there's nothing. Yeah, it's horrendous. Um, another source of stress is aggression from pupils and parents. Oh, the parents one is almost the worst. Hey, like, yeah. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Like I'm desperately I am, trying to help I am your doing kid. so much. Like you know, I have 25 kids in a class. I am trying. Yeah. Your kid is only one of them, and I, you know, you can't. Sometimes the classroom and school climate can be a source yeah. of stress. Um, adapting to and implementing new curriculum and assessments can be yeah. a source of stress and also a lack of professional opportunities or say in decision making yeah. um, can also be factors which induce stress. It's, yeah, it's, you know, I don't It's know. hard to be asked for your opinions as teachers by say the leadership part of the school or even if like the union sends out a survey or like whatever and mm-hmm. then you give your opinion the opposite mm. or, or the or it's governmental and like you yeah, just don't you, get to say whatsoever yeah, no say. um like i mean you know we've experienced a lot of that with covid and teacher shortages and trying yeah. to get relief teachers and it like it doesn't matter what we think if there aren't bodies yeah. there aren't bodies like yeah, we can't can you, you can't we can't do anything yeah so that is also another added stressor um what i thought would be helpful would be to talk through some of the things we can do i'm not saying that i i do this for myself <laughs> enough but this i think is a good reminder to everyone of the things that we should be stopping and doing for ourselves yeah. um so first of all take some time for yourself and reward yourself so it could be as simple as giving yourself time to read a book to watch something funny um to catch up with friends to get a massage or to exercise so um something that helps with focusing your breath such as yoga and pilates can be really really good because you know they're give you time to center yourself yeah and it helps you with reduction of stress and building resilience because you're actually spending time on yourself you're actually rewarding yourself which you know is rewarding that center of the brain that that gives you dopamine that gives you all these positive emotions one of the things that's my non-negotiable for example is netball Mm. i play every winter season no matter what and there's always one night and sometimes i don't want to go like when it's freezing but i always go i'm always glad that i've gone because it gives me a time to do something that's not in any way shape connected with my job Mm -hmm. um and it's time for myself it's something that i like it takes like um, it's a very instinctive as well netball a little bit like you just have to run and catch and run and throw or whatever and so you, you you literally can't think about your work at the same time like you can't catch your mind wandering yeah to a student because otherwise you'll get a ball in the face yeah which is painful just fyi yeah um for me i do not do work on a friday night okay i like that friday. i don't bring my laptop home yeah, see, I, I always have my laptop with me and I, I generally work super hard during the week so that then I can have at least a day free on the weekend. Yeah. Um, but Friday night, no. I, no laptop, don't open it because I just need I need to switch off. And like the like the other night I went to bed having just marked a whole bunch of, of research project drafts and I could not get to sleep because my brain was still firing. Even though yeah. I was done, even though like getting up and doing more like wouldn't have done anything because I didn't have anything left to do, my brain was just too active to actually fall asleep. Yeah, and it's things like um, I was thinking about the other day we were just having a conversation about got a, a student in a class that's quite, um, it's like kind of like, to connect with like quite disengaged with me doesn't want to kind of like engage with me at all in terms of like helping them with their English and I have spent 
ridiculous amounts of time just kind of thinking through things for this one student Mm. how can I get her to engage with me how can I get her to kind of value the time that I'm giving her to value her like what she's capable of and I literally had like mock conversations with the kid in my head of like maybe if I approach her this way and if she says this I can approach that way and I um think about it I'll be getting ready in the morning like practicing what I'm going to see them today maybe if I approach this way different tack okay that didn't work and then I'll spend another hour thinking about it it's just like your brain is always concentrating on this yeah so that kind of leads in nicely to my next point which is creating boundaries um so this is a hard one this is such a hard one to do particularly like like I said when you teach senior school yeah they want they want you to reply to them straight away they expect you to be on like you know up at one in the morning when they're up doing their assignment finally after having two weeks of time to do it yeah 10 p.m the night before the good copy was due can you please read this and my first instinct because the kid had not handed in a complete draft and I'm like man if this assignment is a fail like I don't know what I'm gonna do they're gonna fail English I almost opened it because Mm -hmm. I was like oh and I was like you know what it's 10 p.m yeah the only reason that I had even noticed it yeah. was because I had accidentally opened up an outlook on my phone. Yeah. I had accidentally opened that instead of coming yeah. out and I was like, I saw the kid's name, I was like, you know what? I was like literally hopping into bed, yeah. meaning to set my alarm. And my first instinct was, oh, I need to answer this email. I was like, you know what? It's 10 o'clock at night. If they haven't done their work, that's not on me. Healthy boundaries. Yeah. And that's it was the thing. Hard, it's, <laughs> is like, it's really, really hard, but you do need to have some form of boundary. So it could be um, not responding to emails after a certain time. Uh, no work on Friday nights. Like I said, that's my one. Yeah. Um, it's really healthy because you have to be able to separate home and work life. It's hard with our job because, of course, like no matter whether you're teaching primary or secondary, you know, there's a lot of prep. There's a lot of stuff that yeah. you do outside of school hours yeah it's but, not reasonable to say that you're never going to do work at home yeah it's just not going to no happen. but you've but, got to set some healthy boundaries to yeah. make it clear that when do i stop yeah and that's the thing is you could there's always something to do yeah. I, I, like because my dad always comes over and says oh you know have you caught up with your marking and i'm like <laughs> you're <laughs> you so funny there's always something i could be doing yeah but i'm i'm the person that needs to say stop the marking will still be there or stop you know is it going to make any difference if I yeah. stay up till midnight? No, it's, no, not. it's not. So, um, you know, you got to think there's a separation between home and work life. Every other job has it. Yeah. So I, we, we have to really actually enforce it. I try ourselves. to, and I'm not very good at it. When I come home, my poor husband will hear my venting about whatever's happened that day. But, and, I'm, and if, he, if he listens to this, he'll be like, well, you don't do this at all. But I'm trying to be mindful <laughs> of it. Like once I've vented. You can I'm, remind her. You can remind me later. Sorry. Um, I'm trying to like get my venting up out. It could yeah. be something good, bad, yeah. frustrating, whatever. But then, you know, that always happens. And it will be me going to work out or making dinner or whatever. And I try to be like, once I've finished that story and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I try to be like, now I'm at home. Even if I need to go sit and do schoolwork, I try not to bring the conversation back yeah. up because you need to leave that you know what good, what good is it going to do to keep bringing it up yeah and that's the you thing know? is I try to make sure like my husband and I have dinner yeah. and we are just focusing on each other there's like no tv nothing I've you know I've just cooked and we just sit across from each other and we just eat together yeah and we can do it in silence we can chat about our day but I try to make sure that it's like no school has like School is finished. Yeah. This time is just time for us. And that's it. I think the email thing is really important too because um, I cannot count the amount of times, and this is no judgment to like those people who do it, but like 
if you keep opening your emails as a teacher I think we've mentioned it before there is always always an email coming from someone about something and it could be that they're sitting at home marking and sending home um, a non-submission note for a kid and you teach that kid so you also get it mm. but um not opening those emails from a kid and like you need to outline it of course to your class like I am not going to yeah. answer an email yeah. past whatever time your yep. time is and if you need my help you need to have asked me before then yep or during class or you wait till the next day or I'll ask you the next day yep. and then kind of stick to your guns because if you give in once it will keep happening all Ooh, the time yeah. um, and like we were saying like they'll email you at whatever time they're doing their work and it's well, you didn't answer my thing you're like you didn't answer my email but you have to be like well you've had however many lessons to you sent me an email at two in the morning yeah like it's not I was sleeping like a normal person but also, or trying to yeah also not replying to colleagues emails yeah. I think as yeah. well so like as a colleague if you're working till 9 10 p.m and you send an email you also have to be aware that like yeah. not everyone is checking their emails at 10 p.m yeah. and we shouldn't and I think that's also something that's interesting about um, say like the leadership at your school should that should also be a thing maybe it's like needs to be said in a meeting or something that like you were not expected to answer your emails past yeah. whatever time yeah because because that's the thing it's not like you know if whatever our working hours are and we're always expected to work at home well I guess it's not written anywhere but it will have to happen but there has to be like a, a break okay cut off point but, yeah, yeah once it hits 5 p.m and yep. i think it was 5 p.m at the school that we were at yeah was like the idea was you do not have to reply to a parent or a student or a colleague past yeah. whatever time was yeah. but that doesn't always no and that's it the thing is like upheld. sometimes i will send an email at nine o'clock because i've yeah. remembered like i need to send this otherwise i'll forget I, by morning i'll forget i definitely do not i'm just like yeah. i need to get this done otherwise or i will forget. forget it i need this to happen um Another thing that I think is really important and I think is sometimes underrated is debriefing, venting and resetting. So I love a good it's love a good debrief. Oh, same. And that's the thing, is like it can be perceived as negative, like, oh, you're just like ranting or like you're not you're going off about something. But it's actually really helpful to yeah. to talk to someone that you trust, to talk to a colleague, to talk to a friend. Um, it's helpful to feel like you have a community around you, like you have people around you that are experiencing similar things, particularly with COVID and burnout and all these things being such an issue. It's important to actually feel like you're not alone. I feel like there's a lot of kind of dark humor in the stuff yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. people just walking in and like, um, if anyone who wasn't a teacher walked into that staff room and heard them like, oh, Oh, these people are teaching our children but like how do you deal with and it's very Australian actually how do you deal with a really stressful situation that you feel stressed and anxious about and yep. a lot of the time it is to crack a joke about it yeah um that is very it's like when the floods happened in Australia mm-hmm. and people were just like what is wrong with Australians putting like floaties and goggles on a statue because everything was underwater you know like yeah. it's that kind of idea you have to but also if you've had a really bad lesson and you go in and you're just like oh god like my yep eights are killing me and blah 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 and someone's like oh my god me too and then you suddenly realize that it's not just you it's like mm. it's across the board and that yep. can actually be really really helpful and even yeah. if no one else says that people who are going yeah my year eights are really hard too or um yeah that class is really difficult just getting that like mm. validation or just feeling hard just yeah. feeling like you know what that is completely valid like even if i i'm not struggling with the exact same thing i get that yeah. no. and i think sometimes that leadership forget that too because they'll be like oh don't be negative try not to be so negative and mm. stuff and you kind of feel like well you're not in the classroom with me not that no one in leadership teaches but you're not in the classroom with me we're teaching for 
dealing with all of this full time and sometimes what are you just supposed to internalize it which obviously we know is bad for your mental health you have to get it out somehow and who better to get it out to than people who already understand what you're doing because like what if you that builds up and you explode one day Mm. inappropriately to a colleague and scream at someone in a car park or um, you know lose it at a kid who Mm. is super frustrating and you just blow your top at them yeah um you know it's like, better to do it in a safe circle with colleagues and yeah. friends who you know experience yeah who understand you and understand yeah I the pressures that we're yeah. under yeah and that's the thing is like you know i have friends that teach at multiple schools and so it's useful to just kind of feel like you know what it's not just my school it's yeah, not it's just everywhere. me it's not just this particular year level you know or this particular class it's just it is really really helpful i think the important thing is to not sit in those emotions you've for too long you've got and that's the important part is resetting going okay it was good to vent i'm glad i have been able to like talk about it yeah now i'm ready for the day or now i'm ready for this person that you're venting to can help you with that as yeah. well like oh, yeah. well here's a suggestion have yeah. you thought about this or even just like um i can't remember what else but a lovely gentleman who used to work with me one day I was having a really bad day and I remember I went to the fridge and there was no Diet Coke in the fridge and I was like I don't know why but that was just it that was like the and I was like damn it just wanted a Coke I just wanted Diet Coke Coke. and I was just like I just had a bad day and he left the next day like three or four cans of Diet Coke on my desk didn't say anything about it left like a ribbon on it or something ridiculously adorable He's the sweetest human being in the world. He's the loveliest person on the planet and refused any thanks. But it was just like, and I'm not saying you know, you need to go buy presents for your colleagues no. and stuff, but he it's had just, just been, thought. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, man, she had a hard day. Yeah. It was the dumbest thing in the world. I was like, why is it going to go that's French? <laughs> Pepsi Max is not the same. It's not, it isn't the same, people. I'm very passionate about this issue. Yeah. That, we but could start a whole podcast on that. Just Diet Coke. <laughs> Let me tell you about why Coke Zero is not the same as Diet Coke, all right? But um, yeah, I. I think that reset is silly. Like I've done the same thing. Like someone's had a really bad day. I know they like chocolate. I leave like a chocolate yeah. bar on their desk, and it doesn't have to be something like that. It could literally just be checking with them the next day. Yeah. Like, how are you? Like I know you had a rough one. Like is are you yeah, okay? How are you feeling? I think like if you don't have that at your school, one that makes it really difficult. But you better sure as shit better find it outside of school. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, then you're just. I think that's why maybe people feel isolated, especially like first year out teachers. Yeah. Like we we're talking about with Eden in that newbie episode. If you don't have someone mm. and no one in your circle understands that job, yeah. then it's really hard, it's really isolating. It is. Yeah. Um, that leads into my next point, which is gratitude. So I, I think sometimes it's useful to actually take a moment and be grateful. Like, yes, our job's really stressful. There's so yeah. many like hard parts about it. It's very time consuming and it's very heavy and very thankless at times but there are rewarding moments and there are great things that do keep us going if there aren't then maybe reassess (laughs) but I think it's important to actually just stop and go you know what like I had this really good moment the other day or this happened and it's it's interesting because you you sometimes hear it in the staff room you hear like oh you know they started talking about this and it wasn't really necessarily you know on the topic but I kind of just got involved because you know it was kind of like it became a class debate and it was really interesting to hear like different points of views and students that don't normally talk and so like it's nice to kind of just like stop and go you know what there's some really beautiful moments too a lot of the time it's my little moments of gratitude come from the same students who like because the students are frustrating let's be real sometimes 
she's like, mm-hmm. guys, just listen to what I'm telling you. <laughs> Why don't you ever listen? Um, <laughs> and then sometimes those same kids who are the most frustrating or that same class that frustrates you will do something really lovely. Like last year, the year 11 boys who I thought hated me had like brought me in three different cakes for my birthday yeah. because they didn't know which flavor I would like. And I remember, and I'm not a super teary person, getting actually quite teary and literally being like, I thought you guys hated me. And they were literally like, They were affronted like, <laughs> they no. Were like, no, we don't hate you, we brought you cake. And I don't, I don't remember, like that kept me going because that yeah. class was really difficult. Yeah. Kept me going for the rest of the year, just that one moment. Because like, it was, for my, yeah, it was for my birthday, which happens in semester one. Same thing happened this year. Like this little beautiful little Yanan girl, and uh, she's like, "I don't see you for your birthday because I count down my birthday, people. Okay, like I'm like, this is my birthday month, my birthday. Let me tell you guys, my birthday's in two weeks. Like you know, so on that day you'll hear about it. It's my birthday. Be nice to me. Like do your work because it's my birthday. Whatever that kind of jive. And she was like, "Oh, we won't see you on your birthday." And then she was like, trying to be very subtle, but what's your favorite snack? Oh, and I was like, I don't know, like chips I guess anyway so she didn't see me so she passed that along to another teacher who she knew would see me with this little card with only one sentence in it I hope you have a good birthday and have and I think she wrote I hope you have a good birthday and you get lots of presents or something with her name this massive card this tiny little sentence right <laughs> at the top and she sent me a mini can of Pringles oh, along with the teacher that's adorable and yeah this kid who I like barely speaks to me Barely Engages had like sent this little That's birthday so gift cute. over. It was, it oh. legit made my day because yeah. I was having a really stressed day. I was like, I don't, I'm just not feeling it. And I got that, I think it was at recess time. You better be believe I ate those Pringles. Oh, like, yeah. ASAP. Like, oh, yeah. Away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, little things like that we've talked about before, like pinning those notes from mm. kids who write you something silly or nice, like, and then pinning them to your board. So when you are having a bad day, you can look back at that, like, whatever they wrote it might be one sentence like yeah. thank you for everything you do and you're like you know what thank you i, have I a feel monument. seen i feel yeah. glad that's beautiful i have a monument in my classroom from a kid who would have graduated like two years ago we did like <laughs> meditation or something he drew this weird picture and for some reason decided he wanted to pin it to my board but then when i wasn't looking pinned it to the roof <laughs> i can't remember oh, why yeah. and i was like i've just left it there yeah. i was like and it, and it said like like to me and then like from his name down the bottom and I don't know why he addressed it to me but he did and he was like I would never have done this activity if I didn't like you pinned <laughs> <And then laughs> it to the roof it is legitimately still there that's amazing it's been at least two years love it love it it's hilarious I'm all about it yeah. um, and the final thing which is really important is sleep yeah. it's not it doesn't really need an explanation yeah you guys, just need it yeah it just you gotta is. put the work down and you gotta go yeah if you don't get it you will yeah it will be bad for you oh yeah you don't want to walk up to a class and the kids are like you didn't look very well you're tired and oh god uh, the amount of times yes, i've heard I that yes, yes. thanks tired. thanks for noticing that i look terrible but you're welcome yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so now we're going to look into um, student mental health and well-being. So again, did a bit of research. Ha, I'm love just, I'm, I love nerding out. Um, so uh, 
I couldn't find like more recent statistics, but I think this it's pretty similar. Um, in 2013 to 14, an estimated 14% of children aged 4 to 11 experienced a mental disorder. Boys were more commonly affected than girls, 17 compared with 11%. In terms of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, um, it was most common. Uh, it, that was the most common disorder for children at 8.2% and the most common disorder among boys with 11% while anxiety disorders were the second yeah. most common and more common among girls. I would have to say like you would expect those statistics to be way higher at the moment. Oh yeah. Like, it, yeah. Would, it would have to be. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's something it's something that is just so significant, such a big part of our job, and it can relate to like you know the behaviours shown. It can relate to um, so many aspects of our interactions with students. So it's really important to like wrap your head around it, even if you're just, even if you're like, oh, what does a twelve year old have to be anxious about? Like that's so not a healthy. Things. That's not a, that's a that's not a good mindset. That's not a good that way to approach it. If that is your mindset, like, and this is the thing that like, you were talking about it just before, like. If you have nothing to be grateful for in this job, if you can't think of one rewarding thing, then maybe reassess if the job is for, like for you. You know what I mean? Like if mm. you can't think of one aspect of the job that you enjoy or that you like, then like, if you hate your job, why are you doing? I know the easy answer is money, obviously, and not, you know not everyone can just leave. But I would be reassessing. And if your mindset is, what do these kids have to be worried about? Um, then you've got no idea because they've just no. got there's so, so much, much and that's the thing so like I kind of jotted down some some of the things that I think are like quite significant so of course school is one aspect yeah. of the stress and the worry but there's also changing um, and developing as young adults or young children you know there's hormonal changes there's growth that's happening and the world around them is constantly changing there's a lot of insecurity around the world like COVID has thrown yeah. a spanner in the works but then the you've kids also are really got... anxious about things about climate change yeah. and, stuff. Like, and politics yeah especially as they're getting older and starting to pay yeah. attention to politics we had this really weird discussion i say weird because i can't remember how it came about but they were talking about the gun debate in america yeah, yeah. and they been a were, bit long. you know and they talked about it a lot and someone said you know when we do say an evacuation evacuation drill we kind of treat it like a bit of a joke because yeah. you don't really ever expect yeah. anyone with a gun to kind of come walking through an australian school but in america it's, it's like a yeah. seems to be a weekly occurrence from if you go by the news yeah but the kids were just like little things like that that you wouldn't really think about because yeah maybe it doesn't really apply in australia they were mm-hmm. like really stressed about it they were just mm-hmm. like you know what if that happened like what if that happened here what about you know um if and they started and these are like these were like year 10 11 12 kids who were talking about like you know what if somebody came into the school yeah would our teachers protect us would we protect each other like what would you and that's the thing like it's it's interesting i think because of social media because of phones and technology yeah. they're so much more socially aware they're more global they're Those more things feel close to them. yeah and yeah. so you know they're seeing people their own age you know crying and upset and you know they're seeing all of these things and it does impact them and i think yeah. we need to acknowledge that we need to we need to like talk through all of those concerns because they're real like even if it's like unlikely to happen here it's still an anxiety it's still a concern for them and it is something that is happening in the world so yeah so there's those issues then you've got issues that can arise related to friendships relationships family That's issues the most common thing that you get as a teacher isn't it really like yeah. family and friend issues yeah and i remember rolling my eyes a couple of times like especially when you go, what are you doing like blah 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 
are. She looked at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Why don't you look at me? Well, how do you know she's looking at you if you're not looking at her? Yeah. This is why I don't teach very young children. But yeah, like, I don't have the patience. Couldn't do it. And like, kudos to those people who do because I do not you, know. Y'all these saints. I need a nap after taking you. Yeah, really we'll like, I need to have a sleep. But um, I remember rolling my eyes, and it does seem silly, you know, like. I remember saying it was a year 12 a few years ago like when you get to uni or wherever you go past school these friendship dramas will be nothing because you know how many people from your high school are you still friends with maybe especially say within five years but past five years but in that moment to those kids that it feels is, like everything yeah that is their entire world so yeah it's easy for me as a much older person to be like dude it doesn't really matter but to them it matters yeah. and so you have to put that aside put that kind of like worldly knowledge aside about what it's yeah. probably going to end up like and take that crap seriously because yeah. to them it could be a matter of life and death like yes. that yeah. loss of a friendship or that fight with a friendship yeah. could be the only thing they're thinking about yeah. um, for ages until that's sorted out so and to you them just, it's not and you don't always know what's happening in their life. And so, you know, it may seem like a simple friendship issue, but there can be like underlying things. You don't know about their mental health. So you've really yeah. got to actually just take it on board, listen, do all that sort of stuff. Anyway, another significant issue is bullying and cyberbullying, school and study oh, stress and the pressures. Dude, yeah. seriously, like you can't escape from it. No. I remember when it, when I say first started happening, when it became like prevalent, yeah. people were like, or is it the school's job to like if you're being bullied outside of school especially say on social media mm. they don't use the Facebook like you know your Snapchat that's or, you what know, people I was like first of all I feel attacked um, I remember when there was my space so I don't want to hear so about it from you shush um, <laughs> but we were kind of like how do you and the laws well. took forever to even catch remotely up. catch up and even yeah. now they're still not there but then and, you, and sometimes like parents will be like well this happened outside of school why is the school getting involved because it never just stays outside of school no it's never just like I if it involves you, students at the online, school yeah it's going to come into the like we had so massive difficult. incidents of of that kind of thing yeah. like oh my god this particular person used racial slur or you know sexist language or this or that and called me blah and then it becomes a like oh meet meet you in the yard and like of course that's a school issue because now it is happening at school and And so it they they can't there's no separation no for them it's going to spill over yeah cyberbullying has been quite and it's almost like cyberbullying has almost taken over from there's more cyberbullying than perhaps like direct over yeah something. that still happens a lot unfortunately but yeah it feels like that cyberbullying is like the easiest you can be anonymous behind your oh screen, yeah can't you? yeah or, or they feel like it won't matter because yeah they've said it at home like oh my god ask fm was the worst fucking thing to happen oh that was yeah i remember the kids talking about i was like can we not see that this is opening a huge can of worms it was literally you could ask a question and then get these sometimes anonymous answers and yep. it'll be like what should i do it'll be like go drink bleach and kill yourself that's one i remember yeah. I like hearing yeah. That. I like, but oh then people God. using specific names in yeah. their questions, and like that is not anonymous. Now you're taking the anonymity yeah. out of it, and you're actually yeah, what you do know, you think about that's a threat. Time. That's you know, uh, this is this is bigger than. I that. don't even know if that site still exists. No, I don't but, know. But that was that was the worst bloody thing to happen. Yeah, if you didn't hear about it, count yourself very lucky. Oh yeah, it. so very lucky. Um, and then we've also got issues with gender identity, sexuality, mental health, body issues, body I mean, image issues. There's body so image much. issues. Let's be um, and I can't remember the exact statistics, but it's something like one in five yeah. um, people who I 
identify as female will have um, issues with eating mm-hmm. or body image mm-hmm. issues. And There's a lot of comorbidity. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Let's, let's be real. It is for sure. But um, and that doesn't necessarily mean they will be diagnosed with an eating no. disorder. But <laughs> I'm just disordered eating. Um, so yeah, disordered eating as well. But also, I think the statistics for boys are higher than you would think. I, I think when people think body image issues, they usually think about females, and like that's obviously the stereotype and the numbers support those. But it's also happening a lot for anyone who identifies as male as well. And I think also those gender issues are intertwined with that too. I would love to see—well, not love, but I'd be really interested to see the comorbidity of yeah. say like gender identity yeah. mixed with body dysmorphia because body dysphoria yeah. body dysphoria is like very closely tied with gender identity obviously but mm. what's the comorbidity of say eating disorders or yeah. body dysmorphia which is of course different yeah. um, with those gender identity issues yeah. but also I think the boys the, the numbers are only just slightly higher than the girls if girls are 1 in 5 I think boys are like 1 in 7 or something and obviously their issues are different Mm. it'll be like about eating more going to the gym yeah um a lot of the time still about weight yeah but it's not about being skinny it'll be about being lean muscular whatever so and those are things i think like we have to be really careful about the language we use as teachers yeah to and i i know it sounds like it's really difficult like i've got to watch everything but i just think like not talking about weight is a good example um mm. like i just say to the kids like we're not like i don't use the word um we just don't like yeah just don't talk about your weight but also if i hear girls say something like oh my god i feel so fat mm. like i would dress them afterwards and be like one if you're saying you are fat and whatever way you are anyone who is bigger than you you are therefore saying that yeah. they are also fat yeah. and i know we're doing this like there's a big to get rid of fat phobia and all that kind of stuff but but for anyone who has any issues the word fat is going to be a huge trigger yeah and i just think you know it's just such an easy thing that you can control yeah in terms of eating yeah and i think like most women would be able to easily identify with that and it's so hard being a teenager being a teenage girl yeah when you know don't wear makeup do you wear makeup contour your face now you wear too much makeup you're Mm -hmm. too skinny too fat you're mm-hmm. too you don't have the right curves <clears throat> yes and there's like now you're supposed to have a butt but not too big but also yeah. have a small but you don't waist, want but... Uh, but you don't want a fake butt like you don't want to be fake yeah oh but i, I love like... those big luscious lips but you don't want to get fillers but you yeah. gotta do this the but you gotta do that so hard like, it's like I, you can you never could, win you could not pay me enough to go back and be a oh hell no again. i said that to my year 12 class the other day i'm like you could Couldn't not pay, pay me go to go back it's so much they were like really and i was like okay being young like cool all right now i'm like like I was only years old, but like <laughs> I'm, I'm still dealing with the fact that I'm almost forty. But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll have some therapy about it. Or something. Hey, 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 mid thirties. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, your mid thirties. I am like, you don't even mid thirties yet. I'm well up there. I'm like planning my fortieth birthday. It's called my funeral. You know, they were like, what do you Forty mean? and funeral. <laughs> yeah, like put together. There's party and funeral at the same time. But um, they were talking about, wouldn't you want to be a teacher? I'm like, you guys have so much more to worry about oh, than yeah. I did yeah. when I was a teenager. Like, 
and like social I ha- media wasn't a problem no. for me. And I and I struggled, and it and we didn't have all that stuff. Yeah. So add like to this. that all of that. God, I, no, you could not pay me enough to the go through it. The worst thing I had, like, I had some bullying when I was at school, but it was all like, ah, oh, four eyes, and it was all like, you're smart, we don't like it. And so mm. now, uh, yeah, it sucked at the time. I can look, I'm like, wow. The hey. worst thing you could say is that I'm a nerd. Then okay. Yeah. Like, my no, allergies are acting up. My allergies. <laughs> like you know, it was it was it was like it sucked. Don't get me wrong, the bullying was horrendous. Yeah. But. You couldn't pay me the social media now. Yeah. And, like, you have to look perfect on social media. And yeah. you have to, like, oh. And you're, like, c- constantly connected with people 24-7. They know everything about your life, even things you don't really want them to. And, oh, you could not pay me nope. It's horrendous. No, 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 no. Imagine going through – I couldn't do it. These kids going through COVID. No. And, like, going through high school during COVID. No. no. I don't know how they cope. It's yeah. hard enough as an adult. Oh, yeah. And that's where – I, it leads in quite nicely to what we can do as teachers. So I think the most important thing that we can do is listen. The most obvious one. Yeah. Like, guys. Just listen. So students want to be heard. They want to feel like they have someone on their side, someone that will just listen. Because maybe family or friends don't understand their situation. Maybe they don't trust those people. Maybe you're the only safe person they see during the day. Yeah. And so we have such a significant role that it's just important to like unconditionally listen, not, you know, you don't have to give advice. You don't have to be the font of all knowledge. You just need to be there being in the presence and being supportive and listening without, you know, saying or dismissing anything is, is enough sometimes. I mean, and that's the tricky thing, isn't it? Because you have to build a rapport with students for them to, yeah to do that a lot of the time for them to voluntarily come to you yeah which is obviously like one of the marks of being a good teacher sorry my voice keeps cutting in and out but um like if they come to you and say like can i talk to you about something like sure protect yourself leave your classroom door open Mm -hmm. you know whatever like do all those things you need to do but your answers should always be yes of course you can speak to me about it Mm -hmm. like and then um you know you could even hedge to be like, is this something that I need to hear about? Or is it something that like, is it a mandatory notification thing? Is it family? Is it home? Like, mm-hmm. um, and the hard thing is that sometimes if a kid tells you something and it is mandatory notification, you kind of need to, it's so hard because you have to walk the line of, I want you to trust me and tell me things, but also you need to know that I might have to yeah. say something. Yeah. But yeah, like, is it misleading to you? not tell them at the beginning and only tell them after you've already spoken or do you know what I mean like yeah I've had to do it yeah I said to a kid like I'm you know I have to report it and they were so upset like no but I trust you I said I and I I, please believe me that I'm I am helping you but I can't not take that Hmm. and it's this line of will the kid ever trust you again but you have to report it so it's such a tricky situation it is um Another key thing that we can do is just be open and honest. So I know that many students, past and present, um, have stated that they appreciate hearing from adults about their own struggles. They like they like building that relationship. You know, humans are relational, and so there's a connection in being open and honest. So you know, I'm open and honest about anxiety and depression and how like there have been significant struggles in my life but there is hope and you can overcome it and you just you need to acknowledge it in order to in order to actually do something about it you can't keep hiding it and so 
in being open like I've had students like you know who, who graduated like five or six years ago send me a message through Instagram to just say like thank you for being so honest and thank you for being open because that really helped me when I was struggling and I didn't know how to approach and didn't know who to who to tell and who to trust I feel it like just helped having someone I find it really interesting because it's a difficult thing because yes open and honest and I've been open and honest about my issues with eating disorders and like body dysmorphia and stuff but I always do it without giving away too many specifics yeah at the same time because you have to protect yourself yeah but also we kind of get warned as teachers to not give too much personal information yeah you know and um it makes it really hard so I've had and I still have on my Instagram a couple of students who have um messaged me through Instagram to say you know uh like they're in recovery for their eating disorder or that they only got help for their eating disorder because I kind of said well this is how I got help and this is what I did yeah without giving them um like too much information about kind of what happened and yeah. stuff like that but if I had one girl said to me if you hadn't have said to me that it had happened to you and that this is where you had gone for help she's like I went to that place for help and if you hadn't have told me that I would never have gone yeah so you know like what do you like what, what are the rules there sometimes I feel like there's yeah like, it's not like I'm, you know, every single person I meet, I'm like, hi, my yeah, name is depression. depression. Yeah. Um, that's what, I, that's what but, I mean. Like, you have yeah. to be careful. But if a kid, if you notice, like, a, I, I can't remember. I think you know who I'm talking about. But I remember the girl being like, seeing this girl just not eat for days at yeah. a time. And just, like, one day she had just hung back in class. I think she was just packing up her stuff. And just made a comment about, um, I can't even remember. I think I said something to her. I was like, oh you know how is I think it was the sport how is blah going and she's like oh I'm not playing super well I don't have lots of energy and I just, I just took a gamble and I was like well because you don't eat mm-hmm. and she just kind of looked at me immediately started crying mm-hmm. she's like I don't know what to do and I only did that because I kind of built a rapport with her I wouldn't just go up to any kid no. and be like hi child yeah malnourished can I talk to you about it yeah definitely wouldn't chase them with food oh lord no don't do that by the way people not um so yeah i think you know being being honest um particularly when we've got like are you okay day and these days where where we talk about it you know it's one thing to show a video and be like this is some other person removed from all of us that we don't know and it's another another thing to be like okay well you know i really struggled during year 12 have high anxiety i struggle in exams i know that about myself now but at the time i just i just thought like i'm dumb like you know, and I think it's it's useful to kind of just be honest in that sense. I find getting like um like your next point about using a calm and reassuring voice is something that can be difficult when someone tells you something that's emotional. Like mm. your first instincts are like, oh my god, I'm so yeah. sorry, and it's just not that helpful. You just need to be calm and let them know that you're listening. It's a safe space. Yeah. But also, I find sometimes kind of being on their level. If they sit down to talk to you, you sit down and talk to them. So yeah. be like level as them don't stand over them while they speak to you is quite intimidating yeah but I, I think feel like a lot of those things are kind of instinctive yeah and that's the thing is i think a lot of it's intuitive a lot of it is what you would do to support anyone yeah. that is you know 
vulnerable um you know and i'm i like i always say this in class particularly when we're doing like film techniques like i wouldn't stand on the table and talk down at you i wouldn't lie on the ground and talk up at you like yeah. we we like making eye contact because that's part of being human is making connections and eye contact is a lot a lot of that um and you know being i guess just trying to connect with others and we do that through just speaking calm yeah calmly, like how we normally would being aware of body language is super important as well yeah like if a student does not want to meet your eyes don't force them to yeah like that's not yeah but being on their level is important yeah like if they don't want to look at you sit next to them instead you know like just be aware of the the signs they're kind of giving off it's interesting was one of my first reasons for taking on the psychology course was um how can i help someone who is kind of having an issue how can i understand more about how to approach them and that was my original i mean now i'm learning some random stuff <laughs> yes. like let me tell, tell you about social representations theory which i'm not sure that i understand and i don't think the psychologists know either so that's probably not helpful but a lot of it is like developmental psychology i feel like every single teacher should have to sit through oh, an yeah. intensive course on it. and i think they touch on it at uni but i feel like you should have to sit down and literally like go through mm. you know all that stuff about psych about the different areas of your brain and how you think you should have to sit down with that as a teacher and really go through that and actually have a working understanding of it before you go into a classroom yeah things like fight and flight and freeze yeah. responses like all of that stuff we should be taught absolutely because it's so it's going to help you understand why kids do the things that they do as oh yeah um and then my final piece of advice in terms of all of this is we don't always have the answers to everything and that's fine and we're not equipped to to deal with all of these issues because it's a lot there are a lot of different issues and you know we can't be everything to everyone all the time and also you have to take care of your own mental health too yeah you do like for me in terms of eating disordered disordered disorders or disordered eating or any of that kind of stuff i know that i have to be careful Hmm. for my own continuous recovery that if the kid talks to me about it and i feel like that's gonna damage me in some way to not dismiss the child but you have to look after yourself so you need to point them in the right direction and you can't always be that person yeah oh there are heaps of people that are around to help so schools often have a counselor or student well-being leaders who are trained with more specific mental disorders and issues um and and have have more experience yeah and will have more places they can reach out to yeah Yeah. and they and they have access to those resources to help um and so it's important to know know your limits know your boundaries and know that you know it's like it's it's partially a privilege to have a student come to you with an issue but also it's not your burden to to hold you do have people around that can support in terms of that support and resources i found a few different things that i think are really really useful Um, so these are resources for teachers and for students Um, reach out it has classroom resources and resources for addressing mental health of teachers specifically um black dog institute provides lots of fact sheets about mental health conditions there are links to apps related to mindfulness and mental strengthening you can do self-administered tests there are webinars there are podcasts there's heaps of resources there Um, smiling mind is a mindfulness app that has like tips for children parents teachers everyone so it's like scaled for different levels Um, kids helpline serves yeah serves five to 25 year olds Um, there are resources for those from suffering from health 
uh, mental health conditions or friends and family supporting someone through mental health concerns because I know that I've had that before where students have come up to me worried about a friend well what can I do for them yeah yeah um and it there is online counseling that they can access through a web chat Headspace has a similar online counselling service so if there's like an immediate crisis or issue there is like access to counsellors and trained people there and then because you know guess what you can't schedule a crisis it just happens oh my god if I could just make it like a three to five yeah that would be fabulous but it's not the way it works I mean another one that could be on this is obviously Beyond Blue yeah which is a good one yeah Um, and one that I'll give a shout out to in terms of eating disorders is called the Butterfly Foundation so um, a lot of the times you need a referral for that kind of thing, but uh, there are some of the things they can do online mm. um, by themselves and they can get in touch with people who work there who can make contact with them to take them through those steps sometimes as well. So that's a really good one in terms of, that's, that's very specific, yeah. like eating disorder related. So that's a very... Yeah. And that's the thing is like, one. I was trying to find a whole bunch of different sources. Like this yeah. list is like, it could keep it could going, but I was um, trying to find things um, that have specific resources for teachers and mental health but also for students and ones for crises Um, because of course there are things like cams there's headspace there's all of these different things that but you often need a referral or you know there's time um whereas there are some things you can do if you are concerned if you are like worried right now if you are dealing with issues there are there are plenty of places to go and i mean also for teachers yourself if you have mental health obviously i hope that you have the resources like in your friends and family but a lot of schools and i'm not sure about the public system but i know the private system you can get free counseling um especially if you work in the catholic sector i think there's four free appointments that you can get and the information for that is usually at the school so definitely if that's something that you can definitely reach out to them um and use your four free appointments and then you can keep going through them but then you pay i believe obviously they can like put you in touch with somebody else but i would really encourage people if you are this could be teachers and students, I guess, if they're listening, like, please don't suffer in silence by yourself. Yeah. Like, if you feel like you can, take someone with you if you need to. Go to your GP and get a mental health plan and get them to put you in touch with the necessary people. I think mental health plans is like 10 visits that are covered by, almost nearly all covered by Medicare, yeah. etc. to go see a psychologist, a therapist. It could be a nutritionist or whoever you need. Yeah. Whatever's linked by, I think I'm pretty sure there's ten, yeah. ten visits that yeah, you can is. do before you have to kind of pay like a big gap. Yeah. So yeah. So there are resources out there. Hope that you, anyone that's listening out there, if you need any help or support, you look at these resources. You reach out to those that care about you because just remember there are people that care. We might put the links on the Amy's oh, yeah. Instagram even. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that i think class is dismissed class dismissed look after yourself bye